Incoming chat. Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of Incoming Chat, the B2B business communication by Live Chat. Um, if you've been following us, season one was a lot of our friends and team members. We try to invite people just to have a chat and try to shape what Incoming Chat was um, becoming. In season two, we try to talk to more settled business and startups to try to figure out. And season three, we wanted to take it a take it up a, a notch, take it a step up. And we started talking with companies that they're doing a lot of amazing and big stuff. And um, one of the things we were trying to do last year was trying to talk to HRFs and with people that works there because we're marketers, we're a big fan of SEO. And we got in touch with Tim, uh, Tim Solo. If, if you're in marketing, you know exactly who Tim is, Tim Solo as a CMO of HRFs. And I have him here, Tim, welcome to the show. Hey, Marcus. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming, man. Um, I'm not going to say who you are that much. I'm going to let you do that. Uh, but I just want to remind uh, for those of you who don't know, um, Tim is the CMO of HREFs uh, since 2015, if I'm correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, HREF has been around the business for about 11 years and is something that we all marketers know because it's something that we use day to day, to day basis. Um, but I'm going to let Tim talk about more, uh, talk about a little bit more about HREFs. But um, we're going to try to focus on business communication and how a company like HREFs or a company like ours in live chat, how do we shape the voice of talking to our customers and talking to our targets and how do we use SEO in the process too? Tim, give us a little bit of uh, your background and how you end up as a CMO of HREFs. Uh, good question. I'm not sure if people are that interested to learn about my background. They're probably here for some useful information, so I'll try to make it very short. <laughs> uh, basically, I, I started working in SEO slash digital marketing around 15 years ago. Uh, I was like, as you can hear from my accent, uh, I'm not native English speaker, so I was born and raised in Ukraine, but uh, I always tried to do marketing for Uh, English-speaking countries, uh, and this is how I launched some side projects, and this is how our CEO and founder Dmitry uh, noticed me uh, and invited me to like join HRFs and uh, be in charge of marketing. That's basically the short version of the story. Did you guys meet in the Ukraine? Uh, sorry. Did you guys meet in the Ukraine or? Um No, 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 no. Like, uh, even though I always uh, like wrote my articles in English and tried to create videos in English. I never tried to conceal the fact that I'm a Ukrainian. It's not that I can conceal it given my, my accent <laughs> anyway. Uh, but yeah, so Dmitry as a Ukrainian himself, when he was doing some research of my previous work, like published articles, my personal blog, uh, it wasn't a problem for him to realize that I'm Ukrainian. So yeah, we didn't, we didn't meet before that in Ukraine. Uh, but I think the fact that both of us are from the same country uh, had some like bonding effect and helped me to get fired. And experience, definitely experience, man. I was I was going through um through your LinkedIn and obviously through your blogs and stuff before, and, and uh, I took a lot of uh, very interesting jewels out of that and um, very helpful <laughs> stuff, man. I mean, even though like I mean, when when did you start your blog? Oh, I don't even remember. But the fun fact is that I started my blog as a bet with my friend. So basically, both of us started the blog from scratch, and uh, there was a bet like who can make more uh, traffic in six months. Uh, long story short, I won the bet, but not because I was so 
uh, amazing at uh, generating traffic to my blog, but because my friend quit halfway, <laughs> so <laughs> like that's basically the story. <laughs> yeah, but I enjoyed I enjoyed running that blog so much that I kept uh, kept doing it even even when my friend uh, discontinued his, and then like that that blog turned into a side business because I was creating WordPress plugins. Uh, and making money out of it, so yeah, it was a fun journey. And whenever, whenever people ask me like how to become a digital marketing what, marketer, what's the best thing you can do? Uh, I tell them try to sell something online, try to create your own business online, and you'll you'll realize what it is, what it means to be a digital marketer. Well, wow, you, you guys are doing a great job. And and one of the things that really caught my attention, and um, so HRF was founded what 2010, right? So yeah, but is it's only been like in the last. I don't want to say only a few years, but in the last years that you guys are becoming a huge name. I mean, it, it took time. And this is something we remind people all the time is that it's not that you you guys started HRF two years ago and you became popular like, yeah. like that. It's a lot of work behind. Yeah, of course, of course. And so when when did you guys find out, or was it from the beginning or later on the trip that you guys find out the importance of having a proper marketing strategy for for the company? Uh, well, I think Dmitry, our founder and CEO, understood the the value of marketing from the start because back in 2015, when we connected, <laughs> what he said to me is that uh, HFs, like if you if you grade the product quality, it would be like uh, five out of five or like 4.5 out of five. Like they they had amazing product, uh, but he would grade the marketing as like maybe two out of five or like 1.5 out of five. So uh, he kind of explicitly told me that my job is to bring marketing to five out of five. So yeah, uh, he did understand that he has a great product on his hands that, that is selling itself, that people are willing to recommend and such, uh, but the marketing wasn't there. So yeah, th this was kind of the, the general assignment, the general goal the general KPI that he gave me make make five five out of five marketing. No, I mean not a bad goal to have. Uh, but did, did you um, <laughs> were you scared like in the beginning? Because I mean you're joining a company. I guess you knew the company. Um, but uh, yes, of course, yeah. But I mean, starting with a marketing strategy for from scratch is is not an easy task. So uh, you're asking if I was scared? Yeah, yeah. Like were were you like oh my god? Like, no, because you're taking I, a CMO position. Ignorant. I wasn't scared. I was ignorant, and uh, I wasn't a CMO back then. Uh, I was just like director of marketing or something. So it was quite ambiguous, and we are not very big on titles here in HF nice. anyway. But yeah, I was like, I I just didn't put much thought into it, like uh, responsibility and blah blah blah. Uh, Dmitry invited me to help him out. I had some ideas, or there were some things that I was excited to take care of. And I didn't think much further than that, basically. That, I mean, that, that's the way to do it, right? Just go for it, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So when you, and, and this is for people who are starting too, like, um, and, and it happens a lot. I mean, it happens here in Poland, it happened before in the US. Um, a lot of companies start, they go, 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 and then they realize halfway, like like Dimitri did, I'm like, damn it, we, we definitely need to invest in marketing. And I don't mean money-wise only, but... And people, people who knows. So when you get to join Ahrefs, like what were your first, um, the first actions or the first thing you wanted to do, sort of to to figure out how to help? Uh, th that's a good question. 
I I do vividly remember that I hated the homepage that that they had back then. So one of the first things that I tried to help Dmitry with is uh, create a new copy and the new layout for the homepage and like kind of reposition how the tool is being presented on the homepage. So I do remember that that was like one of the very first things that uh, that I started to dig into. Uh, and the other thing that I started doing, it is more kind of uh, more broad, more general. I tried to better understand the product, why people are using it, how people are using it, and what's the value of it. Uh, because then I could kind of transmit this knowledge to the rest of the people who are not using the product. So basically, I started like uh, going knee deep into the industry, talking to people and uh, figuring out like... Uh, what what I've got myself into <laughs> a big thing, I guess a big thing. Um, so what, one of the things I'm I'm very attracted to in the marketing area, and um, one of the things that we talk a lot in the in the show too is is finding the the right voice for a company. And Ahrefs has a product that is if if you take the marketing away, it's a very technical product, right? It's a very even though it's super important in marketing, it's a very technical thing. But one of the things, I, and I have to tell you, like I feel you guys are doing great, is to add this sexiness, this fun to, to a brand. And, and that's what I want to dig in a little bit more because it's, it's not only for the, uh, for the people listening, it's also for, for me. I was like, how, how, how did you find that voice? How did you find that tone that HRF is known for now? Okay, so we, uh, we read probably five books on the topic. Uh, then we had probably 15 meetings. Uh, and there was this uh, very useful exercise. No, I'm just kidding. We didn't do any, any of that. <laughs> I was yet. like, oh, this is not sexy at all. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was totally random. It was like absolutely random. Uh, I guess the thing is that we, we don't take ourselves too seriously. So we're not like people in suits, uh, like going to meetings with uh, like top VCs uh, in Silicon Valley or something. Uh, we just a bunch of, uh, well, back then I was less than 30 years old, so it's kind of more or less like kid. Uh, and yeah, like uh, Dmitry is more or less the same age uh, as I am. So we're just, we're doing this stuff that we thought we would enjoy if like other companies who who we want to work with would do. So there, there was no strategy or there was no uh calculation behind it we're just we were just talking to to our customers and to the market the way we talk between each other that was basically how we kind of found the voice so would you say like the way you guys communicate to your customers is it full authentic yeah yeah of course and and, and how important you think that says that that is for more, for brands and especially in the world that brands try to look at okay i'm gonna serve this young dude uh, who's in charge of SEO in the company, but at the same time, you're also selling to that big corporation who has a team of SEO, mm -hmm. people working for them. Wouldn't would they be scared of uh, working with us because of our tone of voice? And they, How do you handle that? Because that's that's something that is still goes around in my head. Like how, what is the click in there? Yeah, so that, that's a great question. And uh, I, I was obviously like conscious of that. Like how do we present ourselves? Uh, do we present ourselves like, I don't know, a bunch of teenagers from Ukraine who are trying to do something and like no one would take us seriously? And uh, back in the day, because I was 
worried about my uh, Russian slash Ukrainian accent. I even like uh, Gary V was running a show like as Gary V, and I submitted a question about my accent because I know that Gary V has also uh, Ukrainian roots, I believe. Yep, yep, yep. And I asked him, "Do you think that uh, Russian accent is some kind of impediment to?" Uh, creating content online whenever you speak, not not write things, but speak like on podcasts or like videos. And he said that, yeah, like a certain amount of people would be judgmental of that. Uh, but that's not the reason to not do it if you believe that you can provide value to people. So I was quite hesitant when I started our YouTube channel and I was posting uh, videos there. And five years ago, my accent was much, much heavier than it is today. So I'm I'm working on it. And for for our product, I also created some videos that we sent to our customers whenever they signed up. And I was worried that after seeing like a random young Ukrainian dude uh, speaking English and it's not even like perfect English, that it can put them off. Like uh, I, I don't want to deal with those guys. They probably not don't understand what they're doing. Uh, but that didn't happen. So basically, the set like. Uh, I'm talking about uh, my accent, but it's the same story with the tone of voice. If you feel uh, confident about this, if you feel that uh, this is you, this is what sh you should be doing, uh, it, 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 it actually makes things easier because you don't need to pretend to be someone else and like carefully think, should I say this or should I say that? Uh, you just stay yourself and you attract a certain amount of people, but you obviously... Uh, put off a certain amount of people as well. So I'm sure there are people uh, who think that uh, I'm a fraud or like anything like this and I don't know anything and uh, no one should listen to me. But at the same time, there are people who appreciate the stuff that I'm sharing uh, in our content. Well, I, I totally understand that because not too long ago, I was called um, a leftist liberal uh <laughs> Chad. Well, because one, of my one thing we that, don't really it. touch politics. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. One thing we don't really touch politics, especially the U.S. politics, because we we are like folks from Ukraine living in Singapore, uh, so we don't really it, it can like, get more diverse than that. Along, yeah. <laughs> now, how much of um, how much of yourself? I mean, obviously, uh, uh, one of the process that a lot of companies do is to create the tone of voice of the company, which is it could not match any of the team's uh, tone of voice or any of the people that works in there. It can be a unique tone of voice. But how much of you or, or your team is in the way you guys communicate? Uh, I don't honestly know how to answer this question. Uh, but I'd say this, that whenever we need to send some important message that we know will get a lot of traction, uh, we would actually first share it with the team members and with Dmitry specifically uh, so that he would help word that message in the way that he sees this. Got it. So if there's something like very important, it should come from Dmitry himself. Uh, and then there's like a ladder of importance. If it's a little less important, I can do this. If it is even less important, then uh, some oh, other people can do this. So that's basically the, uh, yeah, the formula. Um, I, I was telling you before we started recording the show that um, how much I enjoy the stuff that you guys are doing in YouTube. And when, Thank you. When, when was the time that you guys decided, well, let's do video? Video is going to do a difference. I mean, you, you, you were saying that you started sending videos um, a bit worried about your accent and stuff, but, but the, the yeah. stuff that you guys put out, and, and I want to say it to the camera, is a huge inspiration for the stuff that we're doing too. And 
when when was that moment that you said like look video is taking over let's let's move to video let's do stuff there so we read five books on the topic the answer is pretty much the same uh, shortly after joining hrefs uh, i realized that we are not doing videos and somehow i had this urge like i like i told you before joining hrefs i actually reached out to gary v Uh, asking if I if I should be doing videos, given that I have this strong accent, would it be like too hard for me to get traction? Uh, so I naturally wanted to do this. I naturally wanted to do videos. So without without much hesitation, I just took my iPhone, put it in front of me, and started recording some videos about SEO. And I uh, I was uh, very like I was afraid that professional SEO people would make fun of me because I was basically no one. And then I was trying to teach people SEO. So uh, conscious of that, I called the video series that I was publishing on our YouTube channel, Oversimplified SEO. So that no one would say like, the stuff that you're sharing is simple, it's basic. Just, just say, to yeah, protect yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I called it Oversimplified SEO and I started recording videos uh, and then it went well, well. And actually, I remember another kind of epiphany uh, that I had uh, in terms of, well, it, it's not specifically about video, but it was about creating content. So uh, we like when I, when I came to a chef's office, I saw that they have this uh, Wacom tablet uh, for drawing. So like for, for professional illustrators. So you put it in front of you, you take like a special pen and you draw on it and it draws on your, on your screen. And because my wife has like uh, designer education, uh, I took this Wacom tablet home to test it. If she would enjoy using it, should we get uh, something like this? And when I tried to uh, install it and like play with it, I realized that I have no idea where to click, what to do and stuff. <laughs> so what I did is I went to YouTube and I searched for like Wacom installation or Wacom tutorial. And this is when like was a big light bulb moment, like bam. So if I was going to YouTube, going to Google and searching for like tutorials on how to use like a piece of equipment that I have no idea how to use, but I want to. Then people who are signing up for HRFs and HRFs is also like uh, complicated or sophisticated in its own way. So people who are signing up for HRFs and they know they want to do SEO, they, want, they, they know they want to improve their websites, but they don't necessarily have an idea how. So they, then they, they might go to Google or YouTube and search for some tutorials that will give them like the first steps or like help them achieve whatever they want to achieve. This is when I realized that we have to be there whenever people search for those things. And how, how happy are you? I mean, I, again, I'm a big fan of what you guys do. Like how happy are you with your video strategy? Uh, how happy? Pretty, pretty happy. <laughs> it's, happy. It's going well. We, we have... Uh, We have over 200,000 subscribers as of today on our main YouTube channel, which is quite an achievement in the SEO space. So it's not that we are throwing Mentos in Coca-Cola and like generating thousands of views out of this. Uh, SEO is like, can be called like a boring topic. Uh, so to generate 200,000 subscribers, uh, it's pretty good achievement, I think. It is, it is. I mean, we are, we're still working on getting our first thousand. We've been up for about a year. But um, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's a fun trip. I mean, I'm enjoying like every time we yeah. get one or two subscribers. Like, well, yeah, yeah, people's enjoying what we do, <laughs> and, and and it's it's a good feeling. Yeah. Um. So, 
I don't want to touch SEO yet because um, I know you obviously you you know the, your stuff. But going back to the communication bit, um, how do you see it coming in the near future? Uh, companies are doing. Most companies are doing sort of the same trip, right? You start with a lot of written content, then you start adding video, and you start trying to take in every social channel. How do you see it happening? Do you think companies should be always a step ahead with the new channels, or they should sort of build a strategy step by step? Uh, you, you're asking very hard questions. And dude, you're, <laughs> you're more than welcome to say, I don't know, because I, I wouldn't know, I, to be honest. And, I, and, th and that's what I want to I wanna go back and appreciate what you said before, is a lot of the decisions that you're taking are gut decisions, are like, yeah, are like exactly. let's, just, let's just do that. But let's, so yeah, let's... Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, let me give a disclosure for uh, all the listeners. Pretty much every answer to, to the question that you're asking, uh, let's, let's assume that I start with I don't know. <laughs> uh, because like those are really like hard questions and uh, there is no single right answer there are like tons of ways to approach it and the way that I'm explaining it might not be the right way it's just something that that worked for us like magically so how I see companies uh, so it, it really depends on the company itself uh, what kind of resources do they have what kind of product do they have what kind of market they're in what what are their competitors doing Uh, and all that, but for me personally, I like it a lot when a company has some kind of face representative, which is something that I'm trying to do for HFs, uh, which is something Elon Musk is doing for Tesla, which is something uh, Jason Fried uh, and Dave Gerhardt, uh, Dave Ger no, 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 Jason Fried and uh, DHH, I, I forgot what's doing for Basecamp. Uh, those two guys, they are like... Uh, Thought leaders, they have their opinions about the industry. They're creating lots of, lots of content and they're the founders. So they have lots of stuff to do on their plate, uh, but they take time to, to share their thoughts and their ideas with people. And this helps them generate a huge audience. And like what you call the voice of the company, I think they are uh, like at the, at, at the pinnacle, at the highest point of like generating that voice. And then it comes it trickles down uh, on, on everyone else in the company. So, you, so yeah, what, like... Mm -hmm. Do you think, like, uh, um, in, in the, into that subject, do you think personal brand is taking a bit more presence? Is, that, is, is it being as important as the brand itself? People will recognize, for example, like you mentioned specific names, right? I mean, yeah, Elon Musk is a, sort of a, a big one, but, but smaller names like Jason Friedman, when, when you associate the name of the person with the brand and it makes sense as a whole... Do you think personal branding is also taking a big a big role in marketing? Uh, yes, of course. Uh, people like to follow people rather than brands. And uh, Elon Musk is probably, as of today, the best example of how almost entire marketing of, of a company, like Tesla specifically, can be handled by just one person. I think, if I'm not mistaken, he actually said that they don't even have a marketing department. Apparently, Because yeah. they kind of don't need it. Whenever whenever Tesla wants to announce something or, like, share their opinion of something, uh, Elon just has to tweet this, and, like, uh, his tweet will get, like, hundreds of thousands of retweets, and, like, lots of uh, media publications will pick it up and spread it further. So... Because like he's such a strong personality and such an accomplished person, 
they don't need this. Similar thing uh, used to be with uh, Steve Jobs. But back then, we didn't really have such a power in social networks that we have today. So I think having some kind of persona in your company, and that usually should be the founder of the company, because who else can speak on behalf of the company? Even, even I struggle when I need to represent HFs. I struggle uh, in, some, in some ways because I, I cannot necessarily speak for Dmitry when answering like some questions. So it's, it's hard for me to, to take the troll. Uh, but it still works for us. Do you think um, entertainment, right? And this is something I heard from another marketer that, that um, marketing needs to entertain people because that's how you hook them, right? It's, it's a, a good balance of entertaining and knowledge. How, how, how much um, importance or how important is, is for you guys to use entertainment in your marketing strategy? Uh this is a great question. I will try to answer it with a specific example. So a few years ago, I decided to create a course about blogging. So I decided to share uh, everything we know about blogging and specifically explain how we managed to grow our own blog. Uh, so when I was working on the lessons of that course, I decided that I'm going to make it free for a limited period of time so that a lot of people would watch it. And at the same moment, what I realized is that whenever you sell a course, you like all the persuasion happens before people see the thing. And then they put their money into it and they're kind of invested. So if you like pay $500 for a course, you have quite a strong motivation to watch it because otherwise that money is wasted. But when the course is free, you have zero investment in it. And basically, that course is competing for a person's time with everything else in the world, with their child, with their mother, with, with Netflix, with their assignments at work. So it's really, it's really hard to make someone to watch a free course unless they are incredibly dedicated. And the amount of incredibly dedicated people is incredibly small. So what I tried to do is I tried to make the videos of my course as engaging and entertaining as I as they can be. And they sliced my course instead of making like 30-minute long lessons or like hour-long lessons. I split them into five-minute lessons, seven-minute lessons, so that it would be like, like snacks. And the biggest, uh, the biggest testimonial, the biggest shout-out that I got for it is when people were comparing my course to Netflix that they thought that like someone tweeted something along the lines of, I thought I will watch Tim's course for like 20 minutes and then go to sleep. And now it's like 3 a.m. in the morning and I'm taking <laughs> notes and I am the screen. So this was very important for me. And a lot of people said that my free course uh, was like the production quality was much better than many of the paid courses out there. So this basically answers your question in terms of entertainment. Yes, if you want to get people's attention, you have to be entertaining them. Otherwise, they will go somewhere else. There's just too many distractions today. I, I love the Netflix reference because it makes it makes total sense. Right? And that's it's, it's. I mean, I we're gonna have to go and find that course now. Now I want to watch it. Um, blogging for business. Just search for blogging for business. I'm sure you'll find it. If if I find out, I'm also gonna add it into the into the comments in the in the video for sure. <laughs> Thank you. Um, one thing regarding video again. 
Yeah. Um, you guys started your YouTube channel, started adding great, uh, great content. Does any, anything specific or any sort of, um, based on your own SEO, uh, knowledge or based on your own tool or tactics, anything that you guys did special or any tweaks that you did in order to grow that? I mean, 200,000 subscribers is, is amazing for, for something that is very niche in a way, right? Um, what was the sort of little techniques that you, you recommend or you guys use on your own experience? Well, you probably have to interview Sam to, to get a proper answer to, the, to this question because he's the magician who took uh, our YouTube channel to these heights. Uh, but some of the things that are important in my personal opinion, uh, first of all, it's the actual content. Like, does it have utility? Like, is it helpful for people? Because otherwise, if the content is meh, people won't really subscribe and won't come back for more. Uh, the second important factor is actually kind of SEO, but like YouTube SEO. Like I said, whenever people struggle with something, they would go to Google and search for it, but sometimes they would go to YouTube and search for it because someone would, would decide that they're too lazy to read an article right now and they would rather like lay on the couch and watch a video. So they, they search for something on YouTube. So a lot of our videos that are keyword specific that are targeting some, some search query on YouTube are generated are generating a consistent amount of views and consistent amount of new subscribers. So it is very important to cover topics that are so like evergreen that people are searching for consistently and be there for them. Uh, and finally, the production quality, the the picture quality, the sound quality, and the the animations, the entertainment that you have. Like your videos cannot be boring. Uh, I think those three things are very important for a successful YouTube channel. I'm definitely going to take some notes in there. Um, when you <laughs> when you use uh, your marketing material, right? Uh, most of the companies are focusing on convert converting people, right? The conversion. I need new yeah. clients. Do you guys do you guys have a different uh, strategy or a different way to look at the way you talk to convert versus to convert into loyal customers, like the, your existing customers? Do you have certain material that you focus more into them and or certain things that you give them in a way to, to keep them happy? No, we, we don't have any kind of differentiation between... Uh, so you, you can slice your potential customers in all sorts of ways. You can slice them into people who don't know you. You can slice them uh, into the next segment, people who know you but don't use you people who used you before but not use you anymore, people who are all your customers already. And like, if you if you start going uh, deep in the rabbit hole, that you should be creating specific content for these segments, you have to be segmenting those people uh, and such and such and such, your marketing gets very complicated. Uh, and uh, I don't think that for a good reason. So in our case, we think that all the segments of, people who could be potential customers of HRFs need basically the same content. So, I mean, if someone has an issue or have no idea how to build links to their website, they would go to Google and search for like, how do I build links to my website? It doesn't matter if they're familiar with HRFs, not familiar with HRFs. It doesn't matter if they used us five years ago, already existing user. Those things don't matter. All they want is learn how to build backlinks to their website. So if we manage to rank at the top of Google for this query and give them a good tutorial that would mention how to do this with the help of Ahrefs tools, uh, 
we can convert them as a customer. We can make them more loyal as our customer. We can retain them or reactivate them as our customer. Or we can accelerate the word of mouth because if someone is already a customer of ours and they learn a, like, a great use case for HFs and then their friend is struggling with it, they will just send the link to this use case to their friend. Bam, that accelerates word of mouth. So yeah, we don't have any differenti differentiation along these lines. We focus on problems that people have and we give them solutions that involve using HFs. Uh, better if HFs is irreplaceable solution for that problem. Better if there's a problem which cannot be solved without HFs. This is kind of like an instant sell. But that's that's definitely a great um, a great way to um, earn and keep customers. If you're always there, like if if they have oh I have this problem, like you're answering their question, you're giving them a solution yeah. straight away without asking for anything. And that's something I notice. Uh, even though you're always mentioning your product, because obviously you're selling your product, your your sell in at least in your videos is very subtle. It's very look. Uh, you can solve it through us, but otherwise here are a bunch of different techniques or things that you can do, which I'm sure a lot of people appreciate. And and now a lot of people in my team ask me to ask about HRFs too. So I, I need to ask you a few things, especially on the on the future of HRFs. Like where where are you guys taking it? Because I, I remember reading about um, a few ideas that you guys had, especially with bring uh, building a search engine or or a couple of other uh, other solutions. What are, where are you guys and where are you going? So uh, essentially, our mission with HFs is to empower people who have amazing content to share, amazing knowledge, uh, but don't have any SEO knowledge. So the knowledge of SEO shouldn't be uh, er, like re required for ranking in Google uh, and getting search traffic to a website. What, sh what should be required is being an expert in this topic. So what we're trying to do is make SEO more accessible. And for that reason, we're trying to create more useful tools and simplify the tools and processes and uh, release as much educational information as we can so that to help those people who have something useful to share with the world, uh, but who struggle to rank high in Google for those things because smart, experienced SEO people are outranking them. And yeah, some, sometimes just based on, on little loopholes because I... I Yeah. Sometimes it takes you to go to the second page of uh, Google to find a couple of treasures in there too. Um, <laughs> on SEO, one more time. If someone, and this is a question that someone asked me on LinkedIn to ask you, if you have little, little time to optimize your digital presence, right? Website or content or whatever. Uh, 10 minutes you have. Um, what will be the thing that you will do? What will be the thing that you will focus on that will make a difference on your numbers? Keyword research, that's that's the easiest question uh, of today's interview. <laughs> uh, keyword research, because uh, a lot of people make a mistake of uh, creating pages on their website or creating content or articles on their website uh, on the topics that no one is searching for. So the, fun the most fundamental thing that you can do is check if there's a search demand, if there's a search volume for a topic that you want to cover on your website. Because if no one is searching for it, there's no way to rank in Google for it. This is the most fundamental thing, and a lot of people are making this mistake. That's awesome. And um, with that, Tim, I want to thank you so much for being with us today. Um, there more, there's more information, and, and uh, there's a lot of things that here that 
they're going to be they're going to make a big difference on the people listening and some of the companies listening too. Uh, for the, those of you at home uh, listening or watching this video, I want to thank you for coming. If you like this video, make sure you click the like, subscribe, and follow us in our different social medias. Tim, one more time, thank you so much for being with us. Thanks a lot for having me. And I hope we'll see you next time. Take care. Take care, everybody. Incoming chat.